So you were capping people in GTA this morning? Yeah, so I... Here's the thing. I'm playing in my own way. And on Nintendo Switch, and you have to buy like three GTAs at once. They only were sold as a bundle. And I'd never played before. So I'm like, I just opened them all and like explored them. But now I'm like, let me try to actually do stuff. So I'm playing San Andreas. And I am uh, just focusing on the part where like you take over certain territories and like you make them your gang. So, so, you're, so you're you're doing the organizational part of Grand Theft Auto. You, you're not into yeah. the anarchy. Oh, no. First, it was all anarchy all the time. And then I started getting into the organizational stuff. And I was like, wow, you unlock so much stuff here. The more stuff that you do, they unlock more ability. And I could be even more anarchist. So basically, I open the game. I go to a different section every time. I buy a ton of ammo go because uh, I have a ton of money because I got it horse racing at the OTB. Um, <laughs> I won like 60K. Um, so basically I spend about, um, $10,000 per area that I want to occupy, um, on ammo and, and armor and stuff like that. Um, and then I jump on the roof of the building and I just do it from there. So I'm not really in, in harm's way. Um, and then I run back to the safe house, save the game so that I could save my progress. And I'm doing that every time. I have one question. Mm -hmm. When you were telling us about, you were betting on horses yesterday. Yeah. These were real horses or was these GTA horses? No, that was a real horse. Okay. Um, the... It was, uh, I had money in FanDuel because of the Gronkowski kick, and I thought I didn't have it at first, and then I don't know, it like showed up. Uh, it was confusing, but I had $3.18 suddenly left in FanDuel, and uh, there was a there was a race going on, and the one of the horses' names was McDelicacy, and uh, the other was Philly something, I forget what it was, and uh, I went with them too. I did a... What is it called? Like, I think it's exact one, two, any position. Yeah. Yeah. So close, but it didn't work out. We covered a lot in the first few minutes here. Video games, sports, culture, gambling. Yeah, well, I'm a renaissance man. What can I say? It's kind of fitting we start with video games today. Or do you consider yourself a gamer? Because you all. saying that you were playing GTA was surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, getting the Switch a few months ago was the first time I've, I've like went back to video games since like GameCube or something um and even now I use it in phases so like I'm playing GTA a lot right now but I then I go like three months without touching the Nintendo Switch and then I download a new game that's kind of how I am with the PS4 too yeah like I I pretty much only ex exclusively play sports games now I used to play uh my favorites I did play Call of Duty um, but I was too afraid I was going to become an incel, so I kind of stopped. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, and then I started, I played a lot of the Uncharted games, and I played um, the Batman games and stuff like that, and then now I pretty much only play MLB The Show, and I do it as like a, I don't feel like I can focus on one thing anymore, so I play a video game and watch a show at the same time kind of thing. Wait a minute, I have a question. I always used to get incel confused with the term... What term that that I would associate more with Call of Duty? What is that? Like oh, uh, infidel. <laughs> that I yeah, I guess that fits too. <laughs> what is what is infidel? Infidel is like um, I'm I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I know the answer. So okay. I'm just gonna look it up. I like I I don't want to mess up the the phrase and then you look it up later and be like he was totally lying. <laughs> An infidel. It's is, war related. 
a person who does not believe in religion or who adheres to a religion other than one's own. Oh, yeah, so like it's not okay. I thought well, it was. It, a can, mili- it can be if if it's if we're doing like war on terror, military crusades. Yeah, Afghanistan. I guess I thought it was more like insurgent. Although I don't really know what that is either. No, that's a terrible Shailene Woodley movie. Insurgents like uh, no, that's, in, insurgent is an insurrection. No, that's divergent. The second one is called insurgent. It's called divergent insurgent. Yeah, it goes divergent, insurgent, allegiant. Well, that's dumb. The third one doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Diver. Obviously, you go divergent. Insurgent. Detergent. <laughs> okay, that's better. What I was going to say, say, like a virgin, the Madonna story. Oh, yeah. Like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that does it for this week on Cinema Chain Gang Podcast. That's us talking about the movie Doom next week. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go so far on the difference between infidel and incel. <laughs> um, yeah, and then insurgents like an insurrectionist, like uh, like you were on January 6, 2021. <laughs> Do you have anything to answer there's for? No pr- there's no proof. There's no proof you weren't there either. So. Yeah. Well, me and that adult swim guy. <laughs> the, the, the voice actor. Justin Rowland? <laughs> <laughs> this is off the rails already. Wow. The reason we were talking about video games and I thought it was fitting. Welcome to the Cinema Chain Gang podcast where we put movies together and just kind of mash them together based on what the internet tells us. That's kind of what we do, right? I mean. Indeed. <laughs> Should we give people a refresher of what we do, or do we just assume that the 17 people that listen? You know, uh, um, a shocking number of people that that even know about this that I talked to are like, oh, I didn't know you don't choose the movies. I was like, you thought I chose Spice World? That just tells you That just tells you they don't make it to the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they give us the pity five minutes, yeah, and then they're like, like I'm going to go listen to- Almost none of these are movies I would have chosen, they give us even the pi- after watching them. <laughs> they give us the pity five minutes, and then they go, I'm going to go listen to part of my take or something yeah. else. <laughs> Well, welcome. If you've made it this far, uh, I'm Andrew J. That's Nick Ricardo. We are moving into another phase of our chain journey here. Uh, I don't remember what number it is. I'm not going to front and pretend like I do. This one, my friend, is 19. Chain number 19. It starts with Carl Urban. Carl Urban was in Lord of the Rings The Two Towers, which we reviewed last time out. And he is our start of our chain today. We are reviewing Doom, the 2005 video game adaptation, which also co-stars the other part of our, I'll say the middle part of our chain, because that's what it is. Richard Brake, who is also in Doom. And that will take us to the rhythm section uh, with Blake Lively, which we will review next time out. Anyway, how are you? Dude, I'm so good. I am feeling grateful because after last recording session, I thought I would never podcast again. I lost my voice. Due to a tra- tragic case of asthma, <laughs> which initially started as maybe some kind of upper respiratory infection thing, not COVID, not the flu, but it was tragic. You had the you had like the nodes from Pitch Perfect. I don't know what that means. Just say yes, you did. Sure, I never saw Pitch Perfect. That's okay. It's um, on literally every day in our household. Really? Literally every day. Yeah. Well, not, just, maybe not literally. That's that's not how it literally works. Figuratively, um, every day. Yeah, but guess what? I'm back. This happened the day after we last recorded, but I'm back. I watched the movies. And um, being sick also let me watch a bunch of other stuff, too, which is a great segue, I suppose, into what we're watching. Oh, you're just done talking about yourself? Yeah. But okay. I just felt like I was just following the segue there, man. Well, then why don't you go ahead? Even though um, you're not going to talk about something you're watching. I actually am this time. I'll save the, the other thing for next time. Okay, next week we'll talk about something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have been watching every Coen Brothers movie, and I just finished. And I, like, always hoped that I would have a, 
finally i was waiting for like a moment where i just like appreciate the coen brothers and all the movies and it finally clicked with me and i get it and i love them all and i currently feel like uh the guy that was every freshman in film school which was oh man like i love the coen brothers like the coen brothers are the best and just like like that being like their unique opinion like the, the mainstream worlds that they came from where they were the only film person they were like i love the coen brothers and it was a unique opinion and like their friends were probably like who were the coen brothers and then they came to film school and it was just everybody loved the coen brothers and at the time i was like i don't know who they are <laughs> you kind of really you, you, you operate right now in a nice little soft soft tissue part of the film industry because they are kind of like they've gone their separate ways for a little while now they've uh-huh. made a movie together since 2018 so you can start talking about them again and it feels fresh yeah that is true i think they they're they had mentioned like they kind of are doing gonna start doing another project again i think i'm not sure ethan at one point had said he's not going to do a film at all again and he is doing one solo now um so but Coen Brothers, like, I'd only seen a couple of their films when I got to film school. Actually, I'm not sure I'd seen any when I got to film school. And uh, Joel Cohen actually, like, came and spoke to our class. Um, it was, like, rumored he was going to be, like, a surprise guest in class one day. And he was. And, like, everybody was, like, starstruck. And, like, I appreciated the conversation that, like, the lecture that he gave. But I was just kind of, like, I wish I knew who he was so this could be cooler to me. Yeah. Um... And then, you know, and then I um, probably saw Fargo in college and then I, inside Lewin Davis, I saw and loved just for like thematic um, or like pop cultural reasons. Uh, But it it was, I hadn't really like seen all the other movies and I wanted to partly just to get better context of inside Lewin Davis and see how it fits into their larger like catalog. And I just like fell in love with so many of their other movies. I'm pulling up my own list right now, but I think what would be useful, and I know you're not a list guy, but like, give me, I have give me a your, ranking of them. Give me your two or three favorites. But wasn't there like a caveat with the rankings? For me, yeah, there was when I showed it to you, which was that I hadn't the back half I hadn't watched, but I finished them now. Okay. Um, Inside Lewin Davis is still my favorite, but it's it's also this is like a personal preference ranking, and that's a bias also just based on my personal interests. And that movie in particular, like, that movie rewards you if you know about the context of the scene that the movie's about, the, like, the era that the movie's about, Uh, because there's stuff they don't explain that, like, contextualizes a lot of the movie. Um, So, like, I I think that has a lot to do. I could totally see why people don't love that one as much. Um, in a way, I can almost see it being closest to like a serious man, which is like middling for me. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis is one that the people that lo- lo- love it, like really love it. It's yeah. like it's like you. It's like number one. How many it, times have you seen it? Just the one time. Okay. Uh, for me, it is. It's a movie I like. Yeah. And that's pretty much where my relationship with it ends. I think it's I think it's a great Oscar Isaac performance. I think it's a really stout, fascinating dramedy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It has good elements of both. I think John Goodman comes in and steals the movie for 10 minutes. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Driver's great in it. Like, there's a yeah. lot of stuff I really admire about it. It's just, it just didn't, it didn't hook me. Like, maybe I didn't have the context like you're talking about. Yeah, I think the most, it, I'm like reading the book that it's based on right here. I think the most concise thing that I have to say about it, and the reason that I like it is, it's a movie about um, folk singers and folk songs. And the movie itself is made like a folk song. 
And um, that's just like a really cool thing. But to, to say that, you also need to like look at the larger context of like the process of them adapting it and stuff. So that tangent aside, um, Fargo, Hudsucker Proxy, Blood Simple, and No Country for Old Men round out my top five. Um, I mean, it's they're like so tied. Raising Arizona, Man Who Wasn't There. I love those. And then like Barton Fink, Burn After Reading becomes another tier. Um, but the standout for me kind of was Hudsucker. Because I didn't, I did not know what to expect, and I just like loved it. I've not seen it. Yeah. My my Coen Brothers history is I've seen pretty much all of their movies in the two thousand two on range. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff before that. I haven't seen a lot of their nineties work and eighties work. I've seen Barton Fink, um, and Big Lebowski, and that's pre- and Fargo, obviously. But I have not seen Hudsucker Proxy. I've not seen No Brother Where Art Thou. I've not seen Blood Simple. I haven't seen any of those. Mm-hmm. and i have to and i it's just like i have to get to it at some point yeah blood so i i usually don't like i'm, I'm kind of coming around on like an appreciation for like 80s thrillers kind of and like uh i it was just like really tight plot kind of like no country um i, the, I think the more like quote-unquote controversial things that were like in my ranking was big lebowski is like 13 out of 18 for me just on personal preference um and the one I liked least, aside from their short films, was True Grit. I saw that, which I really, I really like True Grit. Yeah, but I think it's just a Western thing for me. I don't know. It could be, and it's also kind of a director for hire thing a little bit. I think. Yeah. It doesn't have obviously they're working off of predetermined material and a movie that is pretty. Not I, beloved might be a little strong, but the right. but the sixties one is pretty good. Uh, I've seen the sixties one. It's it's a solid John Wayne picture. Yeah, I was um, gonna watch it. I might. And. They 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 made that template better, um, but I can understand somebody who has such a deeply personal relationship with something like Inside Lewin Davis or some of their other movies not grasping onto that one. You didn't think it was a bad film, I'm sure. No, no, and like it's weird. I, I mean, I have it last, but I have it last at rated at three stars. That's the lowest film for them, and it's just it's tied. It's not even last. It's tied with Intolerable Cruelty uh, and The Lady Killers. Yeah. And also, it, it, it's weird. I'm kind of torn because, like, The Lady Killers is weird. That one really, I think, is, like, more uh, also, like, kind of a, just a director project they took on. Um, although they worked on the script. But it's, it's weird. But it's got, like, I don't know. In some ways, it's dated and, like, shockingly bad. And in other ways, it's, like, it's like kind of entertaining. Yeah. I think it's very likely we get a Coen Brothers movie at some point. Um, I will cool. say my favorite is Fargo, I, which is not an original opinion. It's just it's no, just, but it's just it's just one of the best. It's one of the best scripts ever. I think it has so much. It has, I think, uh, the pacing and I don't even want to call it a plot. Well, yeah, plot twisting or like plot derailments, like story beats, uh, as many story beats as like a Blood Simple or a No Country. It also has the humor of like Racing Arizona or a Hudsucker Proxy. And on top of it, it's just like, obviously their settings are so specific, but like that one is just so fun yeah. and unusual and not a setting you see a lot and like the way they lean into it. Yeah, and, and the way that uh, Noah Hawley took that template and spun it off into, have you yeah. ever seen the show? Yeah, uh, season one I have. I have as well. That's all I've seen, but I've heard season two and season three are terrific as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little less on season four, which is the Chris Rock season, but... Mm. Um, and my least favorite, I don't really care for Hail Caesar that much. 
which was which was which sucked because I was really looking forward to it when it first came out, and I just like this was a it just it, it was a complete dud to me. It really didn't hit any kind of comedic or dramatic uh, levels that I wanted it to. Uh, I I have it like it was like a middle of the pack one for me. Quick fun fact: Hell Caesar, Barton Fink, both about the fictional capital pictures. Yeah, Barton Fink is ter- terrific. It's one of the better ones. Yeah, it's not what I expected, but I still have it up there. So, what have you been watching? Oh, you're done with your Coen Brothers talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, something that the Coen Brothers could have written. Uh, let's talk about 80 for Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I almost saw it the other day. Yeah. The, the benefits of being a Regal Unlimited member. I was like, what's striking my fancy today that I don't need to invest in? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was struggling with what I was going to talk about because this is kind of a doldrums period. Like, what? what is there even to talk about that's out in theaters and it's like you know what screw it this is the movie this is the <laughs> this is the movie that everyone's talking about right now um 80 for brady if you don't know is based on an inspired by a true story um it has jane fonda lily tomlin rita moreno and sally field four of our greatest actresses ever i think that that is quite a list um okay yeah yeah what? Yeah. Oh, no, you yeah. dispute that? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they play four very close friends who are huge Tom Brady fanatics. <laughs> and uh, they decide to go to the Super Bowl where he, he led a comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and it's one of the greatest games ever. And they decide to go. And that's the, uh, that's the extent of it. Uh, one of them has medical things they're going through and the others are just trying to try to be cool and have a hip time and you know party at the nfl experience and it's just such a, it was like a it was a good wholesome uh comedy for the retirement crowd and, and i guess which one was going through the medical exper- experience yeah sure so you have jane fonda sally field rita moreno lily tomlin lily tomlin um lily tomlin was going through the medical experience right yeah wow i was right yeah yes even though you could remember the fourth or her name. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, she she's like the leader of the crew, and she uh, she loves Tom Brady the most. Uh, she she hallucinates talking to him throughout the movie uh, until a big climactic scene at the end where certain things happen, where she's able to actually speak to Tom Brady. Uh, he's a producer on the film, and he's an actor in the film. Um, and uh, yeah, I get I get Lily Tomlin confused all the time with. Nope, can't even think of her name because I always think her name's Lily Tomlin. Well, what is she in? Party Down. Um, <laughs> dated Matthew Perry for a long time. Uh, not helping. I'm going to think of it and then I'll just shout it out in the middle of us talking. <laughs> I worked. have to think about this like once a week because I always want to call her Lily Tomlin. We'll have moved not... on to the Doom review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all I know is that it, 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 it played to rapturous applause and some tears in the audience. Um, so clearly somebody was doing something yeah. correct, uh, for a movie that a lot of people, I saw somebody accuse it today. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> like at least a 40 year age difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's a movie that I saw accused today of being one of those movies that, uh, Jim, Pam and Andy would watch in the break room of the office, you know, like those fake <laughs> ones, <laughs> which I thought was a really good comparison. Uh, it looks like it's one of the it's one of the worst looking movies I've ever seen in my life in terms of just like pure visuals. Like it looks like they shot it on a camcorder and just like kind of 
hd the visuals a little bit you know what i mean every yeah. the, the editing is atrocious like that <laughs> uh, everything everything except for these four women is like direct to dvd quality and but they are so good together and they're having a lot of fun and you know that's that's all that counts you know that and that and recovering from your medical condition yeah no spoilers um i didn't say if she recovered or not i know i know i'm saying don't tell me yeah because i'm I, i've been dreaming of watching this movie i can't wait for it uh, you literally don't have to pay to go see it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got nothing else on this i got nothing okay okay i thought this would be a more stimulating meme memeable discussion um 80 for brady you're saying yeah actually i do it it I felt like the movie came out of nowhere, but then again, I feel like most movies come out of nowhere because I'm not exposed to a lot of ads because um, I don't watch a lot of broadcast television. And I, not to brag, pay for the premium level of all my streaming services. So I don't see many ads. And then um, I just like saw this one day and I thought it was a joke and then it was like out in theaters. Saw like an ad for it. <laughs> very, very interesting relationship with the film, it sounds like. Oh yeah, I know. I, I, no, I, I, I just don't understand where it came from. Like it just, I don't know. I saw the synopsis for it a while ago, and I was like, "This won't actually ever come out," and then it did. And then That's it... the marketing for it seemed weird. No, it just felt very sudden to me. Well, you didn't like the you didn't like the part of the trailer where. Uh... That's, that's that's the thing. I remember. I, I've never seen the trailer. Oh okay. Should should we watch it live? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I no, mean, I, I, I can imagine it. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, there's, all you need to know is there's a scene where Sally, Fan, uh, Sally Field calls her fanny pack a strap on. So, <laughs> okay, now I can see what kind of movie it is. I guess it's, not, it's like, is it kind of like Last Vegasy? Yes, okay. actually, yeah. Oh, except, except, except good. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I thought Las Vegas was the casino of its time, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, there, you also, if you didn't see the trailer, you missed uh, Rita Moreno. Uh, getting high on some kind of drugs and then uh, hallucinating that every every person in the room is Guy Fieri. <laughs> that's a real so thing. So who's yeah. the audience of this movie? That's, that's what everybody said. And I think everybody was like, who's actually going to go see this movie? And I, I'm like, if you think about it, it's got four quadrant appeal. You've got the old <laughs> ladies who want to see these four. You've got NFL fans who love Tom Brady. Um, that okay, is okay maybe, you don't get, maybe you don't get the young boys in, I guess, but... You get Guy Fieri fans. Yeah, sure. But that's like, oh, can like an 80-year-old go see it as an empowering tale? Sure. And she probably... They're going to have like, to dry themselves, but... She probably wouldn't understand that Guy Fieri is a joke now, in a way, right? Yeah. Not a respected joke, but a joke. Yeah. I mean, he's playing himself. He get They give him monologues. Yeah. Like, I mean, a punch. I'm not calling the man a joke. I love the man. But he's a punchline. There's another scene where he implies that he also has a strap on, so... Is it a fanny pack? Uh, they just like, kind of leave it vague. They don't show you exactly what it is. God, I have no idea if I'm going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to pitch it to you. I'm just kind of throwing... <laughs> it's like I'm word-vomiting facts <laughs> at you about it. It, um, it was, it's, I was torn between... The next movie I'm going to see, unless something new comes out, is going to be um, that or Knock at the Cabin or Infinity Pool. Although I do also want to see the Jesse Eisenberg movie that doesn't have solid reviews at all oh, the and, one that came out at sundance last year that everybody yeah hated. and that did just come out so yeah everybody hated it at sundance i was like <laughs> uh what's it called like I, I don't want to live in this world anymore or something like that or it's like i something like that it is it's i think it's i don't yeah 
No, because I no, because that's a, that's a different movie. That movie stars Melanie Linsky. It's when you like, finish when you finish saving the world. Okay, that's what it is. I was gonna say it. It's it is something closer to than what you said to where you lead, I will follow. Yeah, which is the game. Although I had, the, I had, the, <laughs> I had the word uh, world in there though. Okay. At least so. You know, movie also uh, was not hated at Sundance actually. Doom. Yeah, I don't think it made it. it played out of con- competition, maybe. Um, sure. <laughs> Doom. Didn't think you'd fact check me on it. <laughs> Doom was released in 2005. It is directed by... Let me pull up your... Uh, Nick did a little research for us today because the intern was off. So he <laughs> was the one that looked up the pronouncer for this director's name. Andre Bartkoviak. Um, Bartkoviak. I guess uh, that's, I guess, decent. I, by the way, I didn't look up the pronunciation like that. I listened to his name, and then I wrote out, out that pronunciation. Um, was this while not, you were on the Peloton? No, this was um, this was um, when I was sitting at a coffee shop drinking three different drinks in front of me. I had a, like, fruit drink. What is that? Like, bai, B-A-I, bai, bai. Oh, yeah. Um, zing, cherry. My favorite flavor, Zing Zambia, Bing, Bing Zambia cherry. Um, then I had an iced tea. Then I had a hot tea. I was just mixing it up, you know, hydrating today. Um, Andres, Andres, one more time, Andres. Andres. Bartkoviak. Bartkoviak. That's it. Andres Bartkoviak. Yeah. Uh, he was a renowned director who directed this movie uh, and then went on to also make another. Um, hold on. And so you're saying Dresh, it's more Dresh, like Garage. Wait, wait, do you work for him? <laughs> Andrej Barkoviak. Andrej. Andrej Barkoviak. Yeah. Although I did see another pronunciation that just said Andre, so who knows? He directed Doom. He also directed Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, which is considered one of the worst movies ever. Uh, that came out in 2009. So he doesn't have a great track record. He also made Romeo Must Die, starring Jet Li. Um, yeah, I saw that. I didn't know what that was. I thought I knew that movie, and then I realized I was thinking of John Tucker Must Die. Yeah, he had built a he had built a career as like a cinematographer. He shot The Devil's Advocate. He shot Falling Down. He shot Speed. He was a cinematographer for Speed. Um, oh wow! So some people just perked up their ears. I think <laughs> might actually be paying attention. Uh, but anyway, Doom came out in October of two thousand five. It is based very very loosely on the game series. The original game came out in nineteen ninety three. They've done remakes since then. Um, there's the most recent version, I believe, came out in 2015, 2016-ish uh, range. This was around the time when Hollywood was trying to take every video game that had any kind of name recognition possible and make it into a movie. And uh, they were failing at a remarkable 150% clip. Like, remarkably impossible how bad these movies were. Uh-huh. Uh, it took till... You can even still argue that they have not made a great video game movie. Uh, any any anytime that there's a video game movie that's tolerable, like um, Sonic the Hedgehog or uh, the Tomb Raider starring Alicia Vikander, it has to have like 30 caveats to it. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's good for a video game movie. Oh, it's a three out of five. You know, mm-hmm. it's like one of those. Uh, the, the, the I think HBO currently with their adaptation of The Last of Us has finally made a great video game adaptation and it makes sense that it's coming from the source material of the last of us which is considered one of the finest written games of all time but anyway getting back to doom which is not one of the most 
uh, prolific games in terms of writing. Uh, it is a very simple concept uh, where a lot of the times when you play in the game, you often play as like this space marine at a POV uh, first person kind of perspective. Sometimes the character uh, doesn't even have a name. Um, so if you're making a movie about Doom, you have to basically come up with a concept from scratch. Mm -hmm. And what they decided to do was basically make aliens. Uh, they basically made the James Cameron's 1986 aliens. That was a question I had going in. Something I wasn't aware of was like how much of a plot the movie Doom had. Uh, the game Doom had. It seems like not much. It has like a, a premise um, that they kind of have expanded on here a little bit. Uh, gotcha. The Rock, he was still The Rock at this time, not Dwayne Johnson. Was he, so was it, was he Dwayne The Rock Johnson? The, credit, the, the Rock? credits just had him as The Rock. Okay. If I remember the, the end credits to the movie. Uh, he leads this elite group of military operatives in the faraway world and the faraway time of 2026. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, wow, things, things well, really go crazy. 2046, I think, right? Because... The beginning prologue says 2026, beginning and then prologue. they jump ahead. Oh, yeah. So in 2026, they found the portal, and then 2040, and then 20 years later, they sort of knocked it. Right. So he plays uh, Sarge, who is the leader of this military unit of really tough guys. Um, you've got um, Destroyer. Uh, you've got Goat. You've got Duke. Um, you have Portman, played by Richard Brake, who is one of the reasons we're watching this. And then you have Reaper, who is real, whose real name is John Grimm. Um, get it like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, <laughs> it's clever. Uh, he's played by Carl Urban, um, and he's the main reason why we're watching this. Uh, I guess I guess the the best way to describe the premise is they have this wormhole portal and this like research center on Mars, and they are traveling to the research center because there's been like an outbreak and the staff who are doing a bunch of different experiments on chromosomes and they've created these giant like mutant disgusting zombie creatures um the military team is going to extract and clean up whatever's going on there by any means necessary they don't know what they're walking into it ends up being a disgusting explosive ride mm -hmm. that's that's it that's pretty much the extent of it yeah right yeah that's pretty much it and the fact that i can sum it up that quickly kind of speaks to the bare bones script that we're working from here yeah i mean i guess there's a little more complication in the plot when it comes to like having to like inject the guy with like the the chromosome serum thing or unless i'm getting ahead of myself here but no go for they it. find these like uh kind of like mutated beings um that were they're mutated humans that were injected with a chromosome uh that was found on like the skeletons of ancient mars beings yeah and that had like superpowers yeah and and if you are a they could either make you like give you a superpower um and make you keep you relatively human or if you had a predisposition to violence they would turn you into just like a straight up monster so it tries to kind of but it, it, it's a very quick kind of plot point but it kind of ultimately has like a carl urban you know having to be injected with it so that his life would be saved because he's like bleeding out as a human but then he's like oh he yeah he's good of heart right but he, so. he's like but i have a violent past or something like that which which i think if they dug more into it there there would be there's room for like a a bit of um 
like a you know a meaningful philosophical thing there they didn't right the way so uh rosamund pike is sam grim she's a doctor and a researcher who works aboard the ark as they call it um and she is carl urban's brother they haven't spoken in a long time uh mm-hmm. something tragic happened with their parents yeah, yeah the point is she's the one that kind of is giving us the medical understanding of what's happening here um and the way that the movie explains off the fact that if you get this chromosome and you're evil quote unquote then you're going to become like uh evil yeah. <laughs> was, but like what does that mean what, yeah like a genetic disposition to violence like i like i guess we're talking like just have you your parents had violent tendencies and I urges? Guess, I, did they even say what Carl Urban's violence was in the movie? Like what his past was? I don't know. No, I guess like I mean his his name's the Grim Reaper, so I guess that's they're, they're just saying he did bad things. But it sounds like he always yeah, had a conscious about given, it. His yeah. given last name is Grim, so they didn't really set him up for success there. I forgot one member, <laughs> one more member of the team too. Uh, the new guy, uh, kid. Did Don't you mention Pinky? Pinky too? I did not mention Pinky. Pinky <laughs> played by Dexter Fletcher, who would randomly go on to direct movies such as uh, Eddie the Eagle, starring Taron Egerton and Hugh Jackman. I don't know it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, sorry, I forgot about Pinky. Uh, we'll go into all their quirks. When Let, Pinky was first mentioned, I thought they said his name was Binky. And was, this is like so Arthur. funny. I mean, Pinky's not much better, but Pinky's really funny. Binky is uh, the name of the guy from Arthur. Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah one of the friends. But it also is another name for a pacifier too. Yeah. So, which, by the way, can I can we make it a quick aside about pacifier here because it came up a minute ago in my brain, like I the almost, like the movie. The I pacifier? almost texted you this week to say something, and then I realized like I don't really know what I mean by saying this, so I didn't text it to you. But what I was gonna, because shockingly, I screened what I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The crap that you guys get is just what made it past the for the first round. Yeah, you should you should hear the raw audio <laughs> of what we're talking about. Um, but um, I was gonna text. You know what's weird is in the podcast we have not yet gotten a movie like The Pacifier. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but we haven't. <laughs> I don't know that there are many movies like The Pacifier. No, yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to the topic. So what? Well, yeah, like what? So let's workshop that a little bit what are you talking about like i don't know <laughs> the pacifier the vin diesel movie where yeah, he, so tough vin- guy with kids is what you want yeah i guess i'm i guess i'm probably talking about like dad uh daddy daycare or something uh, like that oh i hate that movie. but i Open also am not because there's a there's an action element to the pacifier yeah but but, but i'm not talking about um the the, the the Mark Strong one or the, or, or the one with um or keeping up with the Joneses Joneses you know? oh, so so not not Grimsby and not not Grimsby keeping not up Grimsby with the Joneses. Joneses yeah you know what I, and ultimately you're and talking about I like started, a family action comedy yeah and I well, that's what it is or uh, that's a better explanation than what I came up with which was oh I think the reason I can't think of anything is because I'm just telling myself right now that the Fast Fire is a severely underrated movie Agent Cody Banks Big Fat Liar here we go. You're just saying things now. I'm just saying Frankie Muniz yeah, movies yeah. now. <laughs> no, but they're similar. Okay. Anyway, okay, so th- this movie is probably really a tease for you then because Dwayne Johnson, at this time in his career, before this was before he was a megastar. He's the lead of this movie to to a point um, until certain perspective changes and certain things change. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was around the era where, first of all, he still had hair, uh, which he finally let that go, and I think it served him all the better. <laughs> um am i wrong <laughs> no yeah i forgot 
but this was around the time when he was doing stuff like this or he was playing the villain in like the mummy returns or he was leading his own scorpion king directed dvd sequels or he was doing things like the game plan or the tooth fairy um it really was his launch into the fast and furious franchise that propelled him to the next level of stardom where he could be the leading man of these mega mega franchises but we weren't there yet and in my opinion his acting wasn't ready for prime time and this movie's pretty lousy overall so well i'm looking at the tooth fairy poster and this is exactly what i'm talking about when i talk about the pacifier yes i know i mean literally is the pacifier poster yeah the tooth hurts is that what it says? I, I think that was the tagline um, at one point. One of them. The other one says magic is getting some muscle. Yeah. Um, that movie's pretty much exactly what you expect it would be from that uh, poster. The posters are literally almost the same. It's the white background, right? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a white background. And, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not true. I looked it up. Vin Diesel went for hands on hips. <laughs> and then he's and then he has the baby on hands right on hips with a with a. One of them is a baby bjorn and the other one is hands on hips with um <laughs> with an ammo pack on him but it's but it's filled with uh, bottles. All right, let's talk about Doom. <laughs> uh, okay, before we do, can you guess the tagline for the pacifier? Uh baby on board, kaboom, something like that. I don't know. No. The tagline for the pacifier is DS Mission ist kein Kinderspiel. <laughs> That was pretty good. That was pretty good German off the cuff. What uh, what is it actually? Oh, sorry. Yeah, to... I'm looking at the poster for Vin Diesel ist der Babynator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the actual one is prepare for bottle. <laughs> oh, that's oh. I like your I like yours better. We should we should do a tagline game similar der, to the movie baby, title game we do. Der Babynator. <laughs> der Babynator. <laughs> Is that what his name is in Germany? It's not the pacifier? No, I guess it's like the Terminator, but baby nader. I don't know. What is pacifier in German? I gotta look that Schnuller. Schnuller. Und Schnuller. That sounds better, I, I think. Der Schnuller, excuse me. Or I don't know. Oh, you know why? Because the thing with the pacifier is it's a double meaning in English. Because you have pacifier in the mouth and also like he's trying to make peace. Yeah, you're a pacifist, right? It's like super vaguely. All right, let's talk about this movie. (laughs) Let's talk about Doom. Um, I think it's pretty telling. I I can always sense with you when you don't want to talk about a movie, you talk about everything else but the movie. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's that it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. I was looking up what the foreign titles for Dune were. Uh, Dune were. Um, but yeah, what are you, give me your thoughts on Doom. I, I just think it, it's just a lousy action movie. It's not like cool enough or stupid enough to be fun. It, it, it exists in that middle that we've talked about before where it's just a bunch of cliches put together. It, it's lousy acting, lousy writing, bad effects, bad cinematography. Like just everything's pretty bad. And it's not like fun bad either. Yeah, I, um, I, I actually do have two real specific things to say about it. One is it, there are times where, and I don't think this had to do with it being, you know, not super modern because it was still pretty modern. So five, um, it felt like TV movie ish at times in the directing. Um, it just kind of felt like a static shot. Uh, and, and I'm like, 
it doesn't feel like a high budget or like uh, uh yeah a high budget movie the other thing this is what really struck me is there so much of the movie tries to be sex comedy <laughs> It basically initially like my my I forgot to mention my concise like synopsis for the movie was um, thirsty thirsty gladiators on Mars basically <laughs> like that's basically what it is they go out of their way to just like to just like show thirsty dudes in this movie it's, there, weird. it's, it's ultra. And that kind of goes into the ultra macho image that these movies felt like they had to project. Uh, yeah. uh, it, it's aliens and it's also Predator. You know what I mean? It's like this movie should have been made in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And now that it's made in the 2000s, it has all the worst tendencies of both. Um, it's a good, it's, yes, I, I wrote I wrote that down too. They're all trying to hit on uh, Carl Urban's sister the entire time. Uh, yeah. Our friend Portman, played by Richard Blake, uh, his whole thing, is uh, he immediately like comes to these like scared civilian women and like offers to strip search them, and it's like yeah oh, yeah, yeah all right right like it's just like the casual sexism and stuff. It just it's played for laughs and stuff, and it's just it it makes the movie feel dated. Do you do you know what the movie was rated? It was R. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of I didn't look at that going in. I assumed it was like PG thirteen. I like did not expect this movie to just kind of have like full on nudity scene, and. Oh, also, by the way, I did watch the unrated version because it was the only one that was online. So I don't know what the rated version had. You know, it was on Peacock, right? What? Yeah. I used your account to watch it. What? Yeah. I typed in Doom streaming and it wasn't on. It doesn't have the Peacock logo. That's what I did, too. I Googled it. Oh, see, now I see it. I swear. Maybe it literally just got on. Maybe it got taken off today. I <laughs> think. Anyway, That's not cool. Th- I paid three ninety nine for this. <laughs> I paid three ninety nine for La Puerta del Infierno, and then I used your account to watch it. <laughs> uh, doing a great service. Um, going back to the filmmaking, uh, say his name again, the director. Uh, Andres. You just had it, Bartkoviak. Bartkoviak, yes, that's yes. it. I, I I forgot what his last name was. It, it's a it's a mix between very static shots. And a lot of murky, dark action scenes where you can't tell what's going on. Or yeah. he doesn't have a physical camera. He has a digital camera. And it's just swooping in and out. And it just looks really tacky. Mm-hmm. Um, the only flourish of uniqueness that this movie has lives in infamy. Uh, the first person shooter sequence where towards the end, Carl Urban is uh, mowing, yeah. mowing down a bunch of guys. And it's... And it's it's the mo- one of the most literal transitions translations of a video game that a movie right. has ever done. Um, it's I listen. I appreciate the attempt, I guess, but it's it's just too literal. It doesn't look good, and the movements they were not ready to execute something like this, so the movements are really slow. Sorry. So the movements are really slow. The way it like you know the way he turns to shoot one guy, and then he turns and the guy's up in his face, and it's like. It just doesn't. Yeah. It, it makes the action slow feel slow. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like a an afterthought almost. Like like they like they wanted to do something like this, but they didn't realize maybe we shouldn't do this because it only works in the video game medium. Yeah, it doesn't entirely work. And then they also the end credits also also have the first person thing, but like in a like CGI way. Yeah. So it's like you could have just kind of went with that to pay homage to the video game. I feel like. Yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about the rocks roll a little bit more. Um, you, you, <laughs> he is so military to the point that he has Semper Fi <laughs> tattooed on his back. Like, and like in real life for the character. No, he definitely doesn't have that on his back. Okay. He has a bunch of tattoos, but he's not. I don't think he was ever in the military. This okay. is also like we're also at a at a different stage of his career where he's he wasn't as like yoked as he is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's still he, big. He but... wasn't in the military, but I, I think he does have military contacts, like high up ones, because like true fact, he was the first person to basically leak the bin Laden is dead news. Do you know that? It, this is real. This is this is this is I real. Do not know that. And it's actually they actually talk about it in the newsroom, the episode, an episode of the newsroom, um, because he tweeted, like, just got news that will shock the world. Go USA or whatever. And people were like, oh, my God, he's coming back to wrestling or something. <laughs> and then, like, uh, 20 minutes later, Obama had his it, it was 20 minutes later. News outlets were like, oh, my God, we just got word that Obama's speaking and it has something to do with bin Laden. And then later on, oh, Obama's going to speak and Bin Laden's dead. And then Obama says he's dead. And everybody's like, wait a minute. How did The Rock know this before anyone else? Literally before anyone else. We're, we're sure he wasn't promoting a movie or something. No, he wasn't. He like he knew. And nobody's ever questioned it. <laughs> I think that happened the same weekend as Fast Five came out. The first Fast <laughs> and Furious movie. I'm well, not that's even not kidding. what he was talking I'm about. I'm not even kidding. Like the assassination of Osama Bin Laden. I'm just going to Google The Rock knew about Bin Laden. May 2nd, 2011 is when we find out. And then Fast Five came out on, on, on April 28th. I'm telling you, it's either the best marketing of all time or he just happened to kill two birds with one stone. I'm not saying he didn't know. Um, movie Phone asked him how he got the news in advance. Oh, rip Movie Phone. And he said, if I tell you that, I won't have to kill you, but I'll have to behead you. No, I got my sources. I got friends in high places and low places. It was a very interesting day. The individuals who were there were proud to let me know. What? what? <laughs> so what you're saying is he knows SEAL Team 6. Yeah. Why would he say, why would he say I wouldn't shoot you, but I'd behead you? He was just joking about that point. No, I get it. But He's like, a funny guy. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, anyway. He is the protagonist for most of the movie. And then they try to do something where they shift the perspective, but it comes like kind of out of nowhere where he's all of a sudden the villain by the end. Like, did you feel did you feel like that turn was earned when he all of a sudden is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill all these innocent people? Not really. But I also I guess I didn't question it because I was like, ah, he's what they what they or whatever and, and our friend nash is gonna be very proud of me what they really were doing i think is because he's a heel in wrestling they had to make him the heel for the end of the movie oh interesting and i, I never put it together that he's a heel in wrestling yeah makes sense um and then by the end he has a big fight scene i love i my one of my favorite cliches i'll say that i'm glad that this movie indulges in is the i have a thousand rounds of guns left but we're gonna put it down and just fight mono a mono hand to hand <laughs> <laughs> It just That's gets, what makes it a rock. It's because he has to. He has to. Yeah, right. He had to wrestle at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, this movie kind of stinks. It's it's very mediocre and bad, and it's just like one of the. It's not one of the worst video game movies ever made. It's just like not a good action movie. There's a reason I feel like most people are not proud of their involvement in this. Yeah, it, it is. Um, 
I thought going in that this movie was based on a different video game. And now I'm trying to remember. Oh, Diablo. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it was totally different than what I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, in like the, the, where it falls within movies that we've seen on the podcast, um, I kind of feel I have this as below a view, a view to kill, but above Born to Ride. I forgot we watched you a, a view to a kill, to be honest. You to a kill. Yeah. Um, I, do, I, I, I am saying Unthinkable was better. Oh, yeah. For certain. Also, About Scout, Little Fockers, and the crew were better, in my opinion. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> or maybe they were more enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, this movie could not be less made for you. <laughs> you told me fair. you were watching it on the toilet earlier. Um, not to get TMI, but I think... No, it's true. It is true. The entirety? Like, you were on the toilet for 90 minutes? No, only for okay. like a few minutes Oh, okay. It. Probably like, maybe like seven minutes of it, eight yeah. minutes of it. I thought it was going to be more of like a 20-minute process. You know, I thought it was going to like relax, how, take my time. How many, of, how many of our CCG movies do you watch on the can? Have I watched on the can? Um... I think that's let me let me look through the entire oh yeah okay as you do that I'll talk about the movies the movie a little bit wait let me look through real quick um um Avia Kristen you're gonna be a witness all these no I you know what I can tell you I I don't think I watched any on the toilet I did I did (laughs) I did watch some of Tenet on my phone at a wing stop (laughs) yeah at a wing stop yeah just as Christopher Nolan intended yeah um uh, say, say something nice about Doom Challenge. I'll say I'll say this. I think the creature design uh, and the practical uh, practical effects that they use to bring the creatures to life when it's not all CG looks really good. Uh, it kind of evokes a seventies eighties kind of uh, Harryhausen um, Clash of the Titans kind of design. Um, Harryhausen, yeah. Ray Ray Harryhausen, like he was he was a very like famous creature designer. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you ever seen Monsters, Inc.? I, I mean, I know the monsters, what they look like. In in Monsters, Inc., the sushi restaurant they go to's name is Harryhausen's. It's like a tribute to him. Oh. Fun fact. Uh, useless fun fact. You know the Rock's time. actually friends with the monsters from Monsters, <laughs> <laughs> Just got some great... When, when he found out Monsters University was coming out, just got some great news from yeah. friends that will shock your world. <laughs> I love Pixar. <laughs> He's big on Monsters Team 6. Uh so how did you know about Monsters University? If I had to tell you that, I would behead you. <laughs> um, the supporting cast here, um, Richard Brake as Portman, like we said, he's just kind of playing a weirdo. That's kind of his role. He's just got like a weird, weaselly face. And he kind of mm-hmm. plays that guy in rhythm section again, uh, which we'll talk about next time. Mm-hmm. Um, he is literally Joe Chill, um, the guy who kills Bruce Wayne's parents in Batman Begins. Yeah, who's always who's always been like an infamous figure in uh, history of comics. Obviously, uh, he just always he he always just plays the weird guy, um, and he gets his comeuppance. Um, he literally was the Night King in Game of Thrones uh, for a while. Um, he plays the chemist in Mandy. Uh, yeah, I mean, didn't even know Mandy is the name of a movie. He's been doing this for 20, 30 years at this point. Mandy is a very uh, well-liked Nicholas uh, Nicholas Cage movie from 2018. Yeah. Wow. 20, 30 years. Sounds like this guy doesn't take a break. Huh. 
let's talk about pinky because you wanted to go you you wanted to mention his name but then i also want to talk about what his big gimmick was um yeah talk about it um so dexter flesher like we said he plays pinky and his big thing everybody has one personality trait um he every time he takes the lord's name in vain he cuts a cross into his arm um so he's like a religious uh zealot um is he an infidel i don't know he never fought in a war uh, he, Actually, absolutely, he absolutely fought in a war all these guys did probably um no in real life or i'm just saying he wasn't in the military but i don't know why i assumed he wasn't yeah are you saying in movies they fought in the war no no all i'm saying is the character pinky probably fought in the oh war. okay <laughs> it fought in a war <laughs> anyway that's his thing uh every time he takes god's name in vain it's like his own form of confession wait you said he directed eddie the eagle did you mention bohemian rhapsody he didn't direct i mean i mean uh rocket man no oh, no i did not Okay. <laughs> he did, he didn't do also indeed do Rocket Man. Oh, no no no, Bohemian Rhapsody. He is the guy who replaced Brian Singer as director. That makes sense. And then he worked with Taron later. Yeah, but due to DGA rules he couldn't get um uh credit, so they had to give it to the pedophile. Yeah. Crap, our podcast is gonna get taken down now. Um anyway, no, nobody nobody liked that movie anyway, so <laughs> let let it let it go to him and not so is what you're saying if people like the movie then it would be okay that Brian Singer's a pedophile <laughs> no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying he can take that they could they could have given it to Dexter Flesher <laughs> if it was if it was good um there are some there are some things that the the movie adapts from the games directly the BFG uh the big fun. oh no I okay sorry I hated that that it, that's that's like the most famous thing from the game I, so I didn't know that but BFG all I know like The Rock just says bfg and all i know is big friendly giant and to have the rock say so bfg see, I'm like, so funny. see everybody that went to go see spielberg's bfg knows the doom bfg interesting so oh, I, the, I read bfg in school the book yeah uh no that stands for it has like a like a technical name but it's known as the big fucking gun yeah, from, okay. yeah. oh but there is also a technical name. yeah there's a okay. they, they say it in the movie i forget what it is um might just be big friendly giant uh yeah but so you know this movie is pretty reviled um roger ebert <laughs> roger ebert uh, he always has good pants but uh doom is like some kid came over and is using your computer and won't let you play <laughs> is is a pretty good takedown from one of the goats oh in the motion picture uh doom it is called the bioforest gum gun but in the video game it's not <laughs> the movie they, they say later big fucking gun too they say yeah, both yeah that i remember um yeah this is just a bad movie i mean right yeah yeah i'm kind of think i'm kind of rethinking putting it ahead of born to ride now <laughs> i kind of feel like born to ride was more enjoyable i don't know my stance on born to ride is very clear <laughs> you love it that will do it for our review of Doom. Next week, we will take Richard Break and we will head over to Blake Lively and another action movie, very different action movie than this one, 2020's The Rhythm Section. So we'll talk about that next time. For Nick Ricardo, I'm Andrew Auger. The chain continues. Rip Papuli, rip Ray, rip Tony. Rip Pinky. Rip Pinky.